Hello, everyone. It's so good to be with you on this Wednesday night, and I pray you had a great day. And if bad things happen to you this day, look, it's behind you now. So just leave it a few hours ago. Leave it behind you and worship God and worship the Lord and think of something good that you can praise God for and be thankful in your heart. Well, it's good for both of us to be back. And uh, last week, um, we were not here, but the week before, and Pastor Jason did a great job last Wednesday night filling in for us. So um, we're so glad that you are there. I hope you're doing well and trusting God and the things of God are real to you more now than maybe they ever have in your whole life. You know, it's a time like this that people either fall away or they draw closer. So I want to challenge you, draw closer to God during this time. Well, Pastor Stani, last week we covered, or the week before, we covered chapter 13. But we didn't make it all the way through, and so we want to pick it up at the last uh, section of chapter 13 and talk about something really important. Because if the last few weeks, which have been full of lessons for our lives as Christians, one of the great lessons, Pastor Estani, is the fact that maybe we should have had more saved up. Maybe we shouldn't have bought whatever we bought that was going to stretch us, even in a good time, and now is uh, causing a real problem in this difficult time. And I know some of you have uh, either been furloughed or your hours have been cut, but God's going to turn this around for your good. So you love him with all your heart, and let's see the miracles that God has for every one of us. Well, let's read to you Proverbs chapter 13. Pastor Stoney, why don't you read that? All right, uh, Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Well, wow, it's a great verse. And so we're going to close out chapter 13 by talking about finances and talking about making sure that uh, we leave a will and that we get our finances in order, and that also includes uh, life insurance. And so these very practical things turn into spiritual things because it can really impact people's lives. We want to be good stewards, not only of what we have right now, but we want to be good stewards of the future for our families. So let's talk a little bit about this because it says a man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Well, when you read that, it's not just about money, even though certainly that's included. We can leave a testimony of a prayer life, a, a testimony of a godly life, and a testimony of God's love uh, toward our children, toward our children's children, uh, others around us. We want to be a good testimony. So we're going to leave that also. So Pastor Stani, why don't you come in on that? 
Well, uh, it's not just, uh, an inheritance is not just financial. It's about the godly uh, inheritance or, or example that we leave for our children. We, we need to leave them and instill within them the word of God and a standard of holiness and a standard of, of living a, a, a life by the standard written uh, and given to us by the word of God. That's a, to me, that's a greater inheritance than even money is leaving uh, uh, an example for your children so that when they have children they will pass on godliness and a morale and a standard of, of the Word of God and a God in heaven that will direct their lives uh, if we teach them that example. And praise God you're doing that for your children and those around you. Uh, so let's get down to the financial practical aspect of this. I, like many of you, maybe most of you were not taught maybe proper finance and preparation when you were growing up. I certainly wasn't. And it wasn't until after I came to this church that I began to be exposed to sound biblical teaching. Um, I had only started tithing in Bible college. Um, it was revealed to me in, a, in an incredible way but I started tithing there. I had never tithed in my life and I didn't really take it serious until God really got a hold of my heart because that becomes the basis of financial preparation, not only for your life, but for your family. And so then I came here and I still remember uh, one of our board members, I was the youth pastor at the time. One of our board members said, I think we should start a retirement program for the pastor and um, for me. And they mentioned, I think, and it was Bill Mannion. Um, he's still around in our church. I love him dearly. He mentioned, I think it was like $30 a month. Now, when I heard that figure, I thought, well, that's not very much money a month. But that was also a long time ago. It was more than it, than it is now. But after a few years, that money I saw growing, compounding, compounding interest is an incredibly th incredible thing. So it started growing and I started getting excited about retirement, uh, not retiring, retiring, but uh, getting excited about laying money aside for the future and have been practicing that ever since. And so I know we have a retirement program here at the church, so you're doing that too? Yes, I am. And I know that us talking about the, what we're going to do after, uh, at that end of life type of stage, no one wants to think about that and, and have to go through the details of what to do when that time comes. No, wants, no one wants to be thinking about when your spouse is no, no longer with you. Um, but, and it, all, it may be uncomfortable, but it's, it's something we have to look at beyond ourselves. This is not about us. It's about our children, uh, making sure that, uh, that an inheritance is laid and, and the stipulations to that inheritance. For us with our children, it's so important for us to, if something were to happen with us, that our children would be taken care of in the hands of someone we want them uh, to be taken care of. Uh, so no one wants to think about this, but you, you take a moment and you do what you have to do. If, if you don't have a, a will, uh, sit down with your spouse and just 
Take a moment, think about the children, think about the families uh, that is going to be left, that if we don't do something and we don't leave those stipulations written down, uh, families can start fighting over things. And that's the last thing you want to do as a last memory of, of your existence here. Uh, so it's important for us to address this, these issues. Yes, extremely important because even though I hope you never have to face it or don't have to face it soon, uh, we all kind of in the back of our minds think this is something when we get really older and it's not something now. If you have children, please, please get that will made. And you can go to our website. It should still be on there that uh, you can download a, a will, send it to uh, our headquarters and they'll do it for free. Now, we practice leaving 10% to the Lord's work. That's what's in my will and um, Alice's will. So our kids aren't going to get that. Uh, I have three kids, so they'll get 30, 30, 30. Lord's getting the 90. And then I'm expecting them to pay their 10% off of their 30. So anyway, I believe in tithing and I want my kids to tithe also. So wills are vitally important to get taken care of. Uh, no matter what you're feeling, um, you're one day going to die. And so you do not want to leave your kids unguarded as far as allowing the court yeah. to decide who gets your kids. Boy, yeah. uh, you may be severely disappointed to even think about what might happen. So take care of that will, get it done, get some life insurance. Amen. And if you're the breadwinner, you should have as much life insurance as you possibly can afford. Uh, I have, Pastor Stoney, over the years, I have seen many people that I loved pass away and they didn't have insurance. They, they didn't have a will and all they left was a bunch of bills. And, um, you know, thank God Social Security will step in and help if they've been paying into Social Security. But how much better to eliminate from your wife or your husband's mind the distress of having to deal with a bunch of bills and, and not enough money to possibly even bury you. So I, we didn't intend to spend this long of a time, but maybe we should. Uh, so get a will done, get you some life insurance and save money because this whole thing has really caused us to realize we should have had money saved. So, okay, maybe most of you didn't, but now you can. Soon as you get up and going and working, you can start saving so that, well, Dave Ramsey says you need six months. I, boy, I've reevaluated. I thought it was a little much when he had to say that, but maybe we do need six months. We certainly need two or three as we've just seen. So get the will taken care of, get some life insurance, and uh, get your house in order financially so your spouse and your kids won't have to be in any kind of duress. Well, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 14, and it covers one of my favorite subjects out of the Old Testament. It's emphasized there more uh, than in the New Testament, but the principles are there in the New Testament. So what is the fear of the Lord that's spoken of so much in the Old Testament? What is it? 
It's, first of all, a, I, I like to describe it this way. It is a holy reverence for God that brings discipline to our lives because we love God so much. We want to please him. Just like we love our husband, we love our wife, we love our kids, we want to please them. So that whole element is there. So Pastor Estani, pick it up. Yeah, uh, reverence and a loving respect. And I like to think of uh, the loving respect, uh, the, the holy reverence um, that we have towards our, our, the father and child relationship. Now I know that when we say father-son, maybe uh, your relationship with your father wasn't the greatest, so that's, that's a little distorted there, but our heavenly father is perfect and uh, he loves us with a perfect love and this type of holy reverence is uh, like a loving respect and honor for our heavenly father that loves us as a so much as a child that he would leave us with a salvation a salvation plan and his word and his provision and that's uh, and we love him and out of that love we want to please him and have and and uh, and have him smile when he sees us or or, or thinks about us. So it's, it's a holy reverence, yes. It's a loving respect. Uh, it's a healthy uh, reverence, healthy. You know, I've used this example several times over many years, but it comes from my own life, and some of our most dear uh, examples to us come from our own life. So let me share it with you again. I'm sure not all of you have heard me tell it, but when I was a kid, uh, I found some cigarette butts that still had part of the cigarette on it. And I thought, okay, uh, I, want, I want to smoke this. It, the curiosity factor of, I don't know how old I was, uh, but uh, the curiosity factor, because my dad smoked, I saw him. And so I took this cigarette out and I hid, as any good kid would, that's doing something they know they're not supposed to be doing. So I went and I hid out in the shed. We grew up on a farm and it was out in the shed there next to a cattle trough. And I, as a kid, lit up, you know, and um, I didn't even know how to inhale. I'd have probably died or thought I was if I'd inhaled at that age. But uh, I just, you know, smoked it, puffed it, and then blew it out. And all of a sudden, Pastor Estani, I started thinking about my mother. Uh, my mother is one of, was, she's in heaven, was one of the most meek women I've ever known in my life. Um, Tender-hearted, so loving. Um, and I started thinking about her while I was smoking this cigarette. And as a kid. And I'm sitting there, literally, in, on the edge of that cattle trough, and I start thinking about my mother. And even like right now, while I'm feeling this, almost could burst into tears just thinking about her, you know, loved her dearly. I thought about her that day, and I literally, as I almost feel now, I, I felt like crying. And the tenderness of my mom that, and my love for her just brought me to a place of brokenness. I threw that cigarette away and literally was consumed with a love for my mother because I knew 
it would hurt her if she knew. It would hurt her. And um, she, I don't know if she would have spanked me. There were many times that I did things wrong. She didn't spank me. She just was broken or near tears. There were a couple of times she spanked me, but uh, many times it was just a, a hurt. That, and I think that's more symbolic of how it is with God. When we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, to meditate on the goodness of God and the love of God, just like I was doing with my mom, um, would cause us to turn away and do what's right and forsake what is wrong. So I challenge all of us. I, I think that gives us a clear picture of the fear of the Lord. Um, it's not a cowering type, oh, mom's going to find out she's going to kill me. No, it is a, oh, if mom found out, it would break her heart. So anyway, um, you want to come in on That's that? That's a very, it gives a very good picture uh, of, of this relationship. It's uh, nearly impossible to picture you with a cigarette in your mouth, but that's awesome. But it is a good example of, of just uh, of not wanting to hurt someone that loves you so much that he's, he's given us everything. The fear of the Lord. Um, certainly, um, the Old Testament is full of comments concerning the fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 15 and 16 says, better is little with the fear of the Lord, than great treasure with trouble. In other words, you're going to have trouble if you don't have the fear of the Lord. Why? Because if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you're going to rush headlong into doing things that you shouldn't do that will bring you trouble. So better is a little with the fear of the Lord. Uh, really, better is much with the fear of the Lord. We should add that so we can have much as God provides and have the fear of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. Why don't you read that, Pastor Stoney? The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Wow. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. It brings humility to our lives because we have to succumb to the greatness and love of God, we come broken in our attitude and our disposition. So the fear of the Lord or that holy reverence for, for God that causes a reaction in our life to turn away from what God hates and turn toward what he loves. I think we talked about that two weeks ago, loving what God loves, hating what God hates. And so we love God enough that we want to love what he loves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that love, it, it really, it's important for us to, to be humble, to be open, uh, to, to want to receive what, what the Lord's telling us uh, in his word, in our, in our lives. Humility is just a major key. The word of God tells us if we humble ourselves, before the Lord, He exalts us. If we exalt ourselves, which is not recommended, He will humble us. He will humble us, and it's better for us to humble ourselves than for uh, God to humble us, because yes. it always stings a little bit more when He humbles us. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6, in mercy and truth, 
atonement is provided for iniquity. Thank God when we do fail God, there is the provision from God to restore us. And by the fear of the Lord or the reverence of God, one departs from evil. Uh, I loved my mother and I threw away that cigarette. We love God and we throw down that thing that is a stumbling block in our life. And that's a challenge to all of us because the enemy wants to remove our consciousness of the presence of God. And that is why even more sin happens at night than it does during the day. Um, there's that hiding aspect that we, we know our conscience is telling you don't need to do that. You shouldn't do that. Or as a believer, the Holy Spirit is convicting us. But under the cover of night or darkness, more sin is probably committed, I would, I would imagine, than during the daylight. There is a trying to separate ourselves if we're choosing sin over the presence of God. And all of us have no doubt at least once experienced that. Amen. And this next scripture, Pastor says, uh, alludes to what happens. Um, Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. The fear of the Lord, uh, this reverence towards him, it actually leads to a more abundant life. And to abide uh, in satisfaction, that's... That's pretty amazing for, uh, for us to be able to live like that even in these days. It seems like we've become very consuming, consuming, consuming uh, society. Uh, but to live, uh, abide in satisfaction where you're just content with what you have, that's a really beautiful place to live. And the fear of the Lord leads us to uh, living in a satisfaction from everything that He provides for us. Well, you know... The, f the thought that came to my mind when you mentioned that was that just a few weeks ago, uh, satisfaction was finding toilet paper. Uh, that Thankfully, that's gone by, but <laughs> people were somewhat f flipping out about uh, not finding toilet paper. Uh -huh. So our, our uh, desire to consume really has been quenched somewhat during this time of... Uh, difficulty. Anyway, let me give you another verse. It's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, and it says this, instead of the fear of God, read it, Pastor Stoney. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man. So Solomon is saying, what you need to do is fear God, reverence God. And then he's saying to us, but the fear of man will bring a snare. The fear of man will bring a snare. So the implication is we're either going to have the fear of God or the fear of man, and it will bring a snare. Well, a snare, in the word may mean trigger bar, a piece of wood or metal that holds bait and releases the trap when pushed or stepped on. So a snare, typically used to catch animals, it's a, somewhat of a brutal thing, 
uh, snare, uh, metal uh, clamp uh, catching an animal that uh, I don't even like to think of it. But uh, that's what the word is saying. The fear of man brings a snare. It, it picture um, an animal or a raccoon or something out in the woods and there's a metal snare that's opened up and he steps in the middle of it where the little bait is and the snare closes around a leg and um, just picture that because God is saying to us by his spirit don't fear man don't have this reverence for man over that your reverence for God and don't uh, be caught up with being a man pleaser Paul said uh, later in in um, Philippians don't be a man pleaser but be a God pleaser because a man pleaser will cause a metal snare to close shut over you and it is so painful picture this it is so painful that many animals caught in a snare, a metal snare, will literally chew that part of their body off to get free. So there's permanent damage done when someone is caught in a snare. Uh, go ahead. Let's define that fear of man. Fear of man means crediting human beings with power and wisdom to guard our lives. It means trusting them when they are not trustworthy. Our putting our trust in man above God is wrong. And that's what God is saying here. It will become a snare. We'll be so consumed about what other people think around us instead of what God thinks. If we're living by the standard, we've got to fear what God, we, we want God to get uh, the focus of our attention. And then, yes, we serve with other people, uh, but we've got to be more concerned about what he is thinking and what he thinks about us than what uh, a man, uh, another man would think. So it's accrediting human beings with power and wisdom to guard our lives above God. Yes, I mean, we have to trust one another, but first and foremost, we trust God and uh, follow his word. But um, we have to have some trust in others, and so we work that out, but it doesn't surpass our trust for God. Let me give you this one last verse in Proverbs chapter 22, 4. By humility and by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Oh, my goodness. Who doesn't like those three aspects of life? Riches, honor, and life. How do they come? Well, you got to have humility and you got to have the fear of the Lord in your life for that to take place. Riches, honor, and life. Well, it's, um, it's trusting God more than ourselves or others. It is putting God first above all else. And so I challenge you today, we both challenge you today, to have the fear of the Lord in your life so that you're not trusting yourself ultimately or others. You're, oh, I put all my faith in them and they failed me. Well, you weren't supposed to do that anyway. 
Uh, you have to put a measure of trust, but you also understand that you've always got to go to God. Man is still capable of making mistakes. We all are. So, yes, we may trust others, and, and if they make a mistake, we don't say, I'll never trust you again. No, we don't, we don't act like that, but we understand clearly that really God is the only one that will never fail us. We don't look for someone to fail us, but we understand that capacity dwells within them. That's why we pray for them and love them, whether it's our spouse or our mother-in-law, father-in-law, our parents. Um, and so I challenge you today to, to trust God above all else. Walk in the reverence of God so that it will alter your behavior and your lifestyle. Uh, and then I certainly want to go back to that first point, Pastor Astani. If you've not made a will, I plead with you to do so. Don't let the government decide for you. You decide, okay? And if you go online and get that will downloaded, it won't cost you anything. Now, you do have to leave um, a tithe, and which you won't care because you're already going to be in heaven, okay? And when you get to heaven, you're going to be really glad you left the tithe, all right? So anyway, take care of those things during this. Maybe right now is a good time. Um, and um, take care of it. Get it taken care of. Get uh, some insurance. Buy some whole life. Well, no, term. I Forget that. Buy term insurance and, um, and then start saving up. Um, be a blessing not only financially to those that you love and leave behind, but uh, leave your prayers, your lifestyle, your testimony, which is worth even more, of course, than monetary. Uh, it's so good to be with you. Pastor Stani, why don't you um, say in closing whatever you'd like to say? Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Who are you trusting? Um, focus your eyes on Christ. Uh, he's the one that's the provider, uh, the, the safety. He's a strong tower. God is a strong tower we can run into and find safety. I've claimed that over my life for years, and I've pictured myself running to the Lord to find safety. Maybe you're home uh, right now. Uh, you're watching. Maybe this is the first time you've tuned in, okay? And you're sitting there and you've heard all this and, and you've come to realize you're not in relationship with God the Father. You can make that commitment right now. It's a matter of just saying, you know, I haven't done everything right. Uh, I need to repent of, of a lifestyle that doesn't line up with the Word. And, and, and God forgive me and, and recognize that Jesus Christ died for you. And uh, the reason He did that was so that we can have a life, a healthy life, and that we don't have to fear the end of life. We can fear God yes. uh, and enjoy the present. So 
uh, pray, uh, just pray this prayer with me. Uh, let, let's just pray, uh, uh, just a, a prayer of, of dedication. If you haven't given your life to Christ, or maybe, maybe you've backslidden and you need to come back to the Lord, uh, let's just pray this prayer uh, in your own words. But I'll set the, just the, the, the framework. Father in heaven, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he came and died for me so that I can call upon his name and my sin can be uh, forever uh, erased and I can be alive uh, to a new life so that I don't have to fear the end. The end is only the beginning when we are in Christ. So, Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I, I repent of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. Do that right now at home wherever you are watching. Just claim him as Lord of your life. Turn from any mistakes. Let him wash all that away. And know that you are now part of his family. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you all for being there. We love you. And we're going to see you real soon in person one day. Yes, and uh, Pastor John is going to come in just a moment and lead us in a chorus and uh, close this service out. But... Let me share with you that this coming weekend, I'm going to be announcing something very important, something very exciting, when we're going to resume services here at the church building, all right? You're the church, but we're going to come together. And uh, the Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So we've been apart for a while but not in spirit. So we're going to physically uh, tell you when we're going to be back all right, this weekend. And actually, I think I'm going to mention it first on Instagram and Facebook this Friday. I'm excited. Uh, can't wait to see you. We love you dearly. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. Pastor John, uh, lead us, bless you, and then close us out in prayer. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken lord we do put our trust in you tonight thankful, Lord, for your goodness towards us. We're thankful for your word that encourages us and helps us and strengthens us. It teaches us. It, it helps us grow. causes us to be more like you. And I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that the words that we've heard today would take root in our spirit, Lord God, that we would, that we would learn to trust you, that we would learn to fear you, that we would learn, God, to obey you, that we would learn to serve you with all that we are. We pray, God, that you'll get all the glory, all the honor, Lord God, all the praise from the lives that we live because we live them according to your word. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
God bless you.